Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's Better Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today, he's finally back after saying hello to Dolly. It's Jay Raddybush, everyone. Hello. Well, hello, Jay. <laughs> but you have to sing it like Walter Matthau. Wow. Hello. hello. But we're not here to revisit hello dolly we're here to talk about season two of crazy ex-girlfriend Woo! one of my favorite shows <laughs> uh rachel bloom and elaine brosh mckenna are still showrunners for this season uh music and lyrics this season are by rachel bloom and adam schlesinger the first episode came out october 21st 2016 i almost I don't have my glasses on and i almost was like oh it came out on halloween no it was 10 days earlier <laughs> The last episode premiered February 3rd, 2017. Um, why did you pick season two out of all of them? Because uh, I think season one was taken and season two is my next favorite. Okay. If I recall. <laughs> it's been so long <laughs> when you first picked this. Uh, so as a semi-quick recap uh, of the season uh, or... Yeah, in season one, you know, Rebecca moved to Rebecca Bunch moved from New York to California to quote find happiness end quote, which none of us know what that's like. Um, and what? She, what? Uh, she and her friend Paula, or new friend Paula, proceeds to stalk and try to get Rebecca with Josh Chan. Uh, and in this season. Hey, they're dating! Yay! Oh my gosh, yes. But then, then but then we meet Nathaniel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I hate it because I'm just like, God, you're kind of attractive, but you're such a douche. And then they exploit his weakness and you're like, oh, you're a little softy. Would you like to expand on the weakness that Nathaniel has? Oh, well, it's a power struggle because his daddy takes care of everything and runs everything. And he just really wants to be in control. And so then, like, he's just this hard ass because he has to be. He feels like he has to be. And then all of a sudden, that weakness kind of shows. And, yeah, Rebecca, I don't know, has sex with him. Stuff like that. I mean, really, his weakness could be broken down into two words. Toxic masculinity. A hundred percent. The end. Um, so this season, I, oh God, it's so wild going back and watching the show because, like, I forget a lot of things that are that happen. Um, like, it's so chaotic. Like, Paula's abortion that happens this season. Oh my gosh, that's right. I just watched it again and I'm still like, oh yeah, she had an abortion. Uh, which, I mean, watching it after what's happened in American history with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, I was just like, oh, well, 
times are different now. Yeah. It's weird how watching this, I'm like, wait a minute, we just went backwards. I'm very confused. Anyways. Yeah. But then we also are introduced to Paula's classmate, Sunil. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Who hmm, doesn't like Rebecca and Rebecca doesn't like him, even though they should be friends. <laughs> yeah. You always get that best friend jealousy. I've experienced that numerous times in my life where my friends get mad at each other. And I'm just like, I'm confused. What? <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Um, so this is, it's interesting. Cause last season it was 18 episodes and this season it's only 13, which power to them that they can tell a story, a cohesive story in just 13 episodes. I mean, she flies through it, too. But it's, like, flown through well. I guess the reason why it makes so much sense is because, in her mind, everything's so chaotic and so rushed that you can rush through a season because she rushes through her life chaotically. And so this works perfect. Yeah, and this season, there's more hijinks that happens compared to last season, um right yes can i be bold in saying that i think yes yes because i'm now remembering the not coachella coachella that they go to oh my god yes and they pee on the equipment to spite josh and then the next episode they uh right or in, in like two episodes later britney snow who is a guest star this this season they there's the song Research Me Obsessively that she sings and they like her and Valencia, like Rebecca becomes friends with Valencia this season because the bonding of the P and then they stalk Josh Chan's new girlfriend because yeah. Which <laughs> let, let's be honest, I actually really like Rebecca and Valencia's friendship. I think it, I think it adds a dynamic to the show that I really appreciate. I like it a lot. I like seeing Valencia not as a spiteful, mean person. Or in moments, she's a spiteful yes. person. Correct. Not all yes. the time. Because then the they're, they also bring in Heather as part of their friend group this season, which... Which I've always loved. Fucking love Heather. Heather is top notch. Vela Lavelle, the actress, like, genius. <laughs> oh yeah and i love how blunt she is although i also (laughs) she was dating um hector no greg greg yeah she was dating greg for a bit and she realized that he he really wanted rebecca and i loved how she was like no go to her and then he came back and she was really mad at him i was just like (laughs) this is funny because you with heather uh uh she's mm, monotone. I don't want to say she's emotionless. She's just monotone with everything until all of a sudden she hits a breaking point. She's just like, fuck, you know? Yeah. Like you don't see that much shifting in her moods or her temperament. And then all of a sudden this moment comes along where she's mad at Greg and you're like, what? How? But like, like, I've never seen this from you. But also, 
you're all it, when that moment happens, which I believe was last season. Uh, she, you're like, no, this is the correct response. Like it was, it was kind of a test where it's like, no, go to her. And it's like, oh, so you literally just broke up with me to go with this girl that you want. Great. Thank you. This is how yeah. I feel now. Am I falling back in season one or was this season two? That was season one. Oops. <laughs> season because season two, Rebecca's mostly with Josh, and then Greg leaves. And it's pretty early. Well, hold on. Am I in season two here? Yeah. Yes, Greg leaves this season, I thought, right? Oh, for sure. He does, because uh, one of my favorite songs is This Was a Shit Show. Yes, and that's that's the song he leaves on. And you're like, okay, this is... Ooh. <laughs> it's a good song, but you're like, that's what a way to say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, like, I genuinely love the song. And honestly, when I first watched the show... I'm pretty sure I teared up a little bit when he left because I was like, this man, there's so many problems with him. But I still love him. I'm keeping that pause in. (laughs) The long pause. I mean, there's so many problems with him. I, I don't even think the first time I watched it that I acknowledged how aggressive his alcoholism was and, and so many of his just personal problems. And then rewatching it again to talk about this, I was like, oh, uh-huh. Greg, you're, you're all very toxic men that she's after in this show. And it's starting to like really show this mental health issue. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's fucked up in the show. And, but it's funny, I've been watching this with someone I've been dating, and we were talking about it, and I said, what's interesting about this is that I don't think a lot of people understand how easy it is to fall into that rhythm that Rebecca's doing, where she lived a very difficult childhood with her dad leaving and having no interest in her and her mom was a very aggressive uh what's the word i'm trying to think of very much just talk down to her all the time to push her into being a better person and so she's just morphed into this mess of a human that's trying to people please constantly and then she's trying to chase these men to love her and she keeps chasing toxic ones because it's kind of that if you're chasing toxic people and you actually get them, there might be this sense that you finally won an issue you have internally. And what's interesting is that the toxicity is different. It's not all the same type of guy. Oh yeah. They're completely different people. Cause like Greg is uh, an alcoholic who gets seeks treatment this season. He goes to AA and everything Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. we have josh chan who is a lazy just and an idiot he's kind of he's just an idiot he's dumb dumb but so hot (laughs) his husband in real life is kind of cute yes and then this season with nathaniel that we meet obviously we said he's he's a toxic he's a classic toxic masculinity but like also trying 
he like rebecca is trying to just please their dad his dad yeah yeah yikes and and then it's all confusing because you know rebecca has all her problems but she's a highly intelligent person yeah and what and like what the what's great about this show is when you do see her at work she's brilliant she'll sit down and be like oh here's how we'll solve the problem and then go right back to trying to resolve her mess of a life while doing like a heist with paula (laughs) yeah but technically this season is the season where their relationship strains for quite a while and that was actually sad to me even though i fully understood paula's side yeah yeah and it's so because rebecca gets thrown into the boyfriends of it all where love triangle the the math of love triangles yes (laughs) but then like towards the end when paula's going to law school and which is great for her and she's achieving her dream and all that but like uh rebecca gets more centered around her life like Mm -hmm. rebecca's life and yeah and like you know you kind of do see that from the beginning where it's like she's more self-centered but like she always had time for Paula it felt like yeah. until until Nathaniel came <laughs> and they started fucking oh those damn Santa Ana wins <laughs> <laughs> which honestly it's funny that that episode is kind of one of my favorites because I like the direction that they took with that episode where the Santa Ana winds come in. It's messing up everything in everyone's life. It doesn't make sense. And they have this random guy kind of doo-wopping this entire narration through the entire show to change scenes. I love the creativity of that episode for that. <laughs> and I believe, wait, let me make sure. I believe the guy who plays the Santa Ana wins actually played Frankie Valley in um, Jersey Boys. I remember looking him up because I was like, is he related to um, Pee Wee Herman? <laughs> ah! Oh my God. I was like, he looks kind of like a young Pee Wee Herman. Hold on, I want to make sure I'm not spouting lies to everyone because well, I do you that are. from time to time. I'm kidding. Uh, well, okay. So obviously, the music is uh, of the Santa Ana Winds is inspired by Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. That's right. Yeah, but I could have sworn the personification of the winds of the Santa Ana Winds was. Where is this guy? The devil wins. I'm wasting so much time right now. You're welcome. Well, I'm not finding anything, so I may have just made shit up. But that was the whole point of the wins to sound like Frankie Valley. And if this guy, if this guy Eric Michael Roy, did play <laughs> Frankie Valley in Jersey Boys, kudos. They got him. Yay. I scrolled through and he's got like some very small movies back in the early 2000 teens 2000 teens 2000 teens um he's a photographer also yeah that's what i'm seeing 
but it doesn't say anything about him being in Jersey Boys. I may have also just made that up in my brain when this came out. Well, that's embarrassing for you. I know. It, <laughs> it so is. Um, I feel like this, this is like a this is a great second season of a show because like usually they're struggling. I, I find with television that they do, they have a great first season and then they're like, great, how are we going to do season two? And they struggle a little bit. Whereas this yeah. show was just like, we got this. For me, it was funny. This show, um, she got to write this entire show and the CW allowed her to do all four seasons, which is exactly how long she wrote it for. And it's funny because I really think the show started out great and then progressively went downhill. But season two still kept it pretty high. Season three was almost really depressing for me. And season four wasn't my favorite. But all in all, I still love the show. It's it's still such a great show. And I think it's because... Uh, they're not afraid to like go there with certain things. Yeah, she really went. The reason why, even though I don't appreciate season three as much, even though I still love it, is because that's exactly what happened. Is they went down a path that you don't usually see on TV. Um, they don't. You don't get to see the the difficult sides of mental health. They just kind of tap on them and run. And on this show, she really just kind of showed you every angle of this complexity that she developed and she suffers from mm-hmm. in real life. Well, uh, and and what's great about it is that they do talk about how people can be misdiagnosed. Oh, yeah. Things. But like this season, for first time wa- viewers, you, you're like, she's just quirky. She's... She's, she's a little bit of a crazy. Mess. She's a little bit of a mess. <laughs> but she's just a girl in love. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you said that. Absolute favorite opener ever to this series. Yeah, so last season we had basically... Stupid is, watch. Is Siri... Does Siri have an opinion on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I'm, I'm going to take Siri off before she keeps going. <laughs> but... So what's great is like season one, it was, it was like a season, a typical theme song, but then this time they're like, fuck it. Let's just have fun and get more into the mental state of Rebecca Bunch. Oh yeah. Um, She's not crazy. She's just in love. Things like that. Like the girls are dancing around. Like it's just so cute. And then at the end, her little blam. And then she just (laughs) stares at you for a few seconds. (laughs) <laughs> it's the it. only I'm pretty sure it's the only show that I will fully watch every opening to every episode in this season because I'm just like it's cute I've I, this is the 13th time I've heard it today no I'm kidding but uh, I love this and that's just because you've been playing it on repeat right pretty much <laughs> I should have listened to it right before I started this to get myself pumped up <laughs> it's like my workout juice for recording this podcast <laughs> this and hello dolly yes 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 <laughs> yes um but i think i want to segue now into a segment that i'm calling uh notes from a professional where i 
have a I reached out to a friend who is a mental health professional to figure out to see what he says about mental health this season. And here we go. Well, we're back again with notes from a professional. Welcome back, Alnardo Martinez, everyone. Hello. Hey, John. Thanks for having me back. I should note to everyone listening that Alnardo is not related to Denise Martinez, right? It's a side character. The story. <laughs> it's, side, just, it's Valencia's, yes, no like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Friends, but the, the, the engaged friend. The, yes. <laughs> the one that Valencia hates. So uh, season two, yeah. we get, we we're introduced to Nathaniel, the new character who becomes, there's like a love triangle and everything. There's also what's going on with Greg and, and Greg leaves. But how do you think this season they portray mental health? I, I think the season does a really good job of portraying mental health. I think we see this in more uh, uh, of Rebecca being kind of quirky and passionate. People have gotten to know her and they could just kind of see this as her personality. She's kind of weird. She's funny. Um, she's goofy. Um, but I think it's all intentional um, in the way that the creators um, portrayed mental health. I know that Rachel Bloom does a lot of her own self-advocacy for mental health. And so I think, again, we're seeing more of like the signs and symptoms um, rather than necessarily like a direct discussion about mental health. So last season, well, for last season's Rebecca, you diagnosed her as depressed and having, well, would you say she had a slight case of obsessive compulsive personality disorder or was like full blown? In season one? One, yes. Um, No, I would say, in season one we saw more of like her depression anxiety kind of maybe leaning towards the bipolar kind of mania those kinds of things so how would you diagnose her this season yeah so season two i would look more at what we're seeing as maybe parts of it again not completely of obsessive compulsive personality disorder um which is like a lot of the rigidity that she's going through um a lot of the kind of wanting things a specific or certain way um, and really having a hard time budging if the way that she's planned it in her mind isn't the way that it ends up going. Last season as well for Paula, we said that she was depressed and that she was using, uh, kind of procrastinating her life to focus more on Rebecca. Uh, and this season she goes, they she they put her through the ringer this season, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh what would your diagnosis be of the of Paula this season? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would change too much in this season. I think we're kind of still seeing quite a bit of the depression um, because it's kind of her family life hasn't changed. She actually ends up going through the abortion this season, which definitely, you know, she wasn't, I mean, of course, there's that's like a medical procedure. So she was home for a bit, but she also like wasn't seeing people. She was trying to avoid people. Um, which, you know, again, is a a pretty classic sign of depression. Um, So I would kind of stick with the same um, for her this season. So she mentions a lot in the last two seasons about how going to law school has been a dream of hers and how she's going against her father and all the negative people around her. Is there a term for that? Yeah, so I I mean, I don't know if there's like a specific term. Um, I would say, you know, if if we're talking like in um, like in a therapy session, uh, we may just call that like having a um, like a lack of support system, maybe 
Okay. Right. So not necessarily like a specific term, but that her support system and more so meaning like her family um, isn't as supportive as her as we would want someone's kind of immediate support system to be. I'm, I, I, I mean, obviously there it's a conversation to have, but is there something to like help guide that in a better direction or in a not so negative direction as we kind of see in the show? Yes, I mean, we would end up, what we would do is maybe focus on the people that the person does have. So with Paula, we would focus more on like her friends and her coworkers who are very supportive of her desire to go to law school and her dream to do so. Um, And then in terms of the, the family dynamic, I think we could look at, you know, like a family therapy situation where we kind of get people together and we explore their dynamics and their behaviors and try to work on having like mutual support between everybody. Um, That can be tricky because there's so many personalities involved in something like that. Um, But but, like with kind of ongoing work and and really people who are at least somewhat committed don't have to be fully committed. um, We can increase someone's like support system. So uh, this season who would you say needs to seek therapy the most? Or like, or like you would be like, Hey, just go, you just go now. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it would be Valencia. I think she went through a pretty dark period um, this season with like the breakup and then not working. Um, there were pretty, what they described as significant changes in her eating and sleeping habits and just her like social life. Um, and so I think she could have really benefited from being in therapy, at least around that time. Uh, there's a song this season I do want to talk about, um, which is, uh, let me actually find it. Uh, it's called Research Me Obsessively. It's sung by Anna, who is Josh's new girlfriend, uh, mm, like mm-hmm. halfway through the season, uh, played by Brittany Snow. I mean, they kind of make a joke about it and it's it's a thing that a lot of people do. I myself, like, I felt like they were reading me to filth uh, telling me when that song came up. Is there a term for that or is there a thing to, like, do to, like, stop it from happening a lot? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if there's, yeah, I don't know if there's like, a clinical term for that. I mean, I think it's pretty common behavior, um, I think if we were trying to work on like stopping that, so if someone came in and was like, I can't stop like researching my partner or my ex or whatnot, which, you know, that could even in itself be something that leans towards, let's talk about this more because a part of OCD can be like what they call like relationship OCD. So like a lot of like seeking validation or, you know, checking in on partners and like really kind of obsessing over these things. Um, so that could be like something related to, to OCD in that sense. But I think what we look at is, um, you know, finding out kind of somewhat of the root of the behavior, and then we work through changing some of our thoughts around it. Right. So if it was OCD treatment and not just like general treatment, OCD treatment, we would kind of lean into some of those feelings of discomfort and uncertainty, Um, And kind of say, like, maybe that's happening, or maybe I can't know everything, or maybe I can't know for sure if so-and-so, you know, loves me or or whatever that would be, Um, if it was more of OCD treatment. If someone just, like, generally kind of gets stuck in these, like, 
stalking-ish behaviors or like obsessive looking into behaviors, um, we would then try to look more into the thought process behind it and do some like cognitive restructuring or reframing our thinking. So if our initial thought is, oh, I need to like know everything about this person, maybe we take a pause and we say, you know, we can think of a different thought of I, maybe I don't need to know everything about this person. And generally, if we can reframe or change our thoughts, we can then hopefully after some practice, maybe change our behaviors or, or choose a different outcome. Right. Because like in the show, they obviously play it for comedy that they've been doing this for three days, which I don't think right. people, I don't know. I don't want to say people don't do that, but who knows? We yeah. could be both surprised. Yeah. Um, so final question, how would you diagnose this season? Yeah, I think this season looked at a lot of people in really low places. Um, so I would probably say this season is like a pretty depressed season. Um, we see, you know, Greg leaving. That really makes Rebecca feel pretty low. We see Valencia pretty low. Um, Paula's feeling low. And then, you know, the whole no wedding um, end of season. So that also has Rebecca in a pretty depressed place. Well, <laughs> I don't know how to uplift this, but thank you. <laughs> You're like, yeah, the show is depressed. Oh, great. The season. Oh, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> El Nardo, thank you so much for popping by. I learned a lot about myself this time. <laughs> You're welcome. I won't uh, charge you. Uh, yes, because I don't have money. Uh, and <laughs> we'll see you for season three. Woo! All right. The fact that he pointed out Valencia to like go to seek treatment, I would never have picked her personally this season. But yeah. like, he's right. You know, we see her depressed. We see her at a at her lowest point. I want to say, yeah. I almost feel like every single character in the show needs therapy of some sort. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're right. Every everyone needs therapy in the world. Yes, you're correct with that statement. From Daryl's confusion in his life to Paula's marriage to yes, we see Valencia suffering to I think we could even just take a step back from and not just say Paula's marriage, but like Paula's home life. Paula's home life, yeah, for sure. Because like the even though it's treated as a joke with the um in terms of the show, like the way that she describes her kids, I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm very concerned. It is true. The way, at least she acknowledges that they're not perfect. <laughs> it stops walking around pretending that they are, but yeah. 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 But like, I not mean, healthy parenting. I feel like the one person who doesn't really need it is Heather. Heather? The she does. Thing- she does need it because everyone needs therapy. But right, I don't think she's the one who needs to seek it out immediately. She's least likely to need it immediately for sure because she's pretty in tune with the psychological concept. But the only thing I could think of is a little bit more social awareness on how to handle people. But even then, I really appreciate her way. Yes, because, because I she mean- just calls anything out. And and also, she's the one who seems to be, like, the straight man when it comes to, like, the setup of things. Where it's like, no, let's not do this. Let's do yeah. this instead. 
or or call out people on their bullshit or yeah i mean she did take some classes <laughs> at the community yeah. college <laughs> yeah lest we forget that's how she was introduced to the show she was going to treat rebecca as her psych project <gasps> oh yes and i loved that because she would like because she was really going to make it a big deal, and then she changed her mind. Didn't she quit the class? Yeah. She was like, I don't want to do this. I quit. <laughs> I remember thinking that was really kind of sweet, because she was like, now I kind of like her. But, okay, so Rebecca bounces around from men. Which, okay, out of... Up to this, the end of this season. Let's let's pretend like we never saw seasons three or four, okay? Yay. Which man do you think is right for Rebecca? Or do you think she should be alone? It's funny. So I will refer back to when I first watched this. Okay. And when I first watched it, I was like, Nathaniel. Then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh my God, nobody. Every single one of you has a problems. And, and yes, we all have our problems and we kind of deal with them in relationships. But you all kind of need to figure yourselves out first but in general i really wanted her to be with greg so i was sad that he left because he had to go be in tootsie Ugh, that's <laughs> right <laughs> but like but I- from what we are given so at this point in the show it just seems like rebecca while in west covina is bouncing around you know she can't it feels like she can't be alone she she is terrified to be alone with herself and uh her therapist tries really hard to get her to stop i i love her so much i love every part of her every time she's on i'm just like this is the scene i love her but uh she tries so hard to get rebecca to stop and just self-reflect and rebecca until later on is just like no right i don't need that i know better but what's also interesting, and I believe I'll be saying this every season, is that Rebecca ends up learning, like growing with her uh, mental health journey every episode because, like, you sometimes just learn by doing. Yeah. Like, like as great as Dr. Copian is, that we love her in the scenes, realistically, people don't like to be told what to do Mm-mm, no because <laughs> after after so many years of like in in school and everything you're told what to do then you're now you're an adult and you could figure you have to live your life so like you're just like great i'm not gonna listen to anybody so and, and if anybody gets critical at all about your behavior your way of thinking or anything your first instinct is to not defend listen. yourself yeah you're focused on defending yourself rather than obje- and then adapting to what maybe they may be saying. And you can agree with it or you don't have to agree with it, but it's always helpful to listen at least. Right. Cause you know, they may have, this advice may is sound. I can tell you how much I've ignored in life and reflect back and went, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, I could. Yes. I can relate to that a thousand percent being like, I should have listened. <laughs> Or maybe I, I sh- shouldn't have gone down that one street. Oopsies. It's only 12 years now, but now I get what they're saying about that. Grow from love. 
And speaking of love, okay, so we're we're bouncing around the boys. She ultimately ends up with Josh Chan in a way, but to the point where they shotgun a a, a wedding because Rebecca feels like she needs it or like she just needs she just wants it done and because Rebecca rushes through everything she's been working so hard to get him all this time and now that the opportunity's there she's like let's lock it in now that way we don't have to risk the fact that I could lose you but also she's lying to herself about her how she feels about Nathaniel oh yeah just a little bit. Of course, bit. you're engaged. You have to lie to yourself if you're engaged. What? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. But then uh, on the last episode, Trent comes back. Trent, everyone's <sighs> lovable, you know, villain <laughs> of the show. He's just got this charming smile. And he seems so sweet, but then also, like, you're just like, oh, okay, wait a minute, hold hold on. (laughs) I have to say, cast, when they cast, what's it, I want to actually say his name, hold on. Uh, Who who plays Trent? Where is he on this list? Let's Google it really quick. Trent, 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 Trent. Trent and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was played by Paul Welsh. Okay. So, casting Paul Welsh as trent paul he like he looks like a model basically like he and what was great about like his introduction last season is that you don't really see how insane this character is you you're like oh you're one of the few people who were put together same could be said about scott michael foster playing nathaniel where you're like oh you're put together and then you peel back the layers and you realize, oh no, everyone's insane. Ah, God. I can't get over. Trent, to me, is kind of like a Kroger brand or Equate brand, there we go, of Supermodel. Because he's got almost all of the structure there to be like super attractive. But then there's always just like this weird angle of a muscle or something that i'm like now wait hold on and so it's kind of like the off-brand version of a model to me or like or, or this could be the actor not the character but like the smile doesn't like reach the eyes so it's like a little dead and a it yeah the smile like stops at the cheekbone and his eyes are just glazed dead when he smiles and i'm like wait a minute that's wrong. <laughs> but he has this whole, like, he wants Rebecca, so he's going to break up the wedding. And, and and he appeared completely out of the blue. And it's just stuck around all this time, which I also appreciate that little side story of his obsession with her from literally just picking him out Yes. of a dating site to try and cover her as a boyfriend in season one it, it, <laughs> I, it's it's such a funny subtle storyline that grows into something big and then disappears immediately right <laughs> and then it's back and you're like oh yeah trent oh hi trent welcome back 
been a been a while. <laughs> Why is so much emphasis on the age? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but he break he puts doubt into Josh's mind on his wedding day. I mean, Josh also kind of had cold feet. Well, Josh is also just dumb and immature. Yes. But I feel like Josh towards the end of this season is starting to like find his voice in a like in a in in the relationship because you know there's that whole episode where Rebecca's trying to DIY everything and she's p- pinteresting and instagramming and finding things uh and Josh is like I want to do this I and he's like actually speaking out where in his relationship with Valencia, he wasn't allowed to do that really because she dominated. That's a good point. He did have some character development in the latter half of this season. But then obviously Rebecca takes over and is a bridezilla. Oh yeah. And for some reason, when you said that, that horrible song that I can't stand, uh, what a rush to be a bride. I don't enjoy that one. Yeah, I don't I understand get, that one. I appreciate the completely wild mix of genres of songs that they spoof. I yes. I 100% appreciate that in the next episode when we talk about the music. I'm so excited for that. But that song sucks to me. I hate it so much. <laughs> That's Because like, like, a lot of them... Well... We'll hold this conversation for the next time. I know. I was like, hold on. We can delay. We'll delay. Let's, there's, there's so much story that happens that obviously we're never going to talk all about it in this one episode because, hi, that's how I set things up on this podcast. <laughs> My fault. But, um, I don't know. What else, what else do you want? What else do you want to say? Well, what- there's the whole backstory of Rebecca's dad appears douchebag and he i mean every what's i i think what was annoying for me on this not it ruined it didn't ruin the show for me in this aspect but it was annoying that all these all this time her mother has been saying your dad's a horrible person all that stuff and it was kind of like you're just being very mean because he left you and you're kind of spiteful about that and then all of a sudden you realize that she was really right. She handled it poorly with her daughter, but he's a total, how'd she say it? Looser. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Is this also, but, he also comes in asking for money at one point. Yes, she, she comes think, in. Yeah. Because she has him, she's like, will you come to the wedding? And at first he said no, and then suddenly he's like, sure, I'll be in the wedding. And he literally comes in, he's like, this is hard to ask, but I actually really just need money for my son's graces. What? And what's sad is that that actually, I think, actually happens. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it Like, what? what's interesting about the show is that there's so many tropes and things like that about, like, comedy and musicals and things like that. But, like, also, a lot of their stories and a lot of what happens in scenes happens in real life. Yes, they yeah. take it to the extreme when it comes to like all the antics that Rebecca and Paula get up into. But like 
you know, some douche dad asking their child who has money to pay for something else. Like, yeah. <laughs> God damn yeah. It. And he shows up to the wedding and then I don't remember what happens, but he gets mad and leaves. So what happens is Nathaniel flies him into the wedding uh, or flies him out for the wedding. And then that's uh, right. And then once Rebecca is stood up, uh, she like lashes out at her dad, I think at some point and her, the dad's yes. like, I'm leaving Nathaniel. Take me to the jet. And Nathaniel's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah, that's right. I totally forgot. So, yeah, I, I got to say, though, the season finale of this where she's left at the altar, not even at the altar. She's the groom. It doesn't show up. Josh doesn't show yeah. up. And she's on she's the just cliff. Left. Like, I mean, there's such an emotional journey at the end that we go through that. I think the first time I watched it, and maybe this time too, because like I for I forgot this a lot of the show. I thought she was gonna jump. I did too. And like everyone thinks she's gonna jump, which you know, plants some seeds for things to happen later on. But all What is that called? Foreshadowing? <laughs> <laughs> but then like I this it's just such a well written show. And I'm sad that it's no longer on the air. <laughs> oh, I know. It's uh, that ending where she is at the cliff. It's the cliffhanger. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. I just it's... realized that right this second that they literally <laughs> Let's did Let's write that down that you got it. <laughs> um, they, it's really just heart-wrenching because she has chaotically survived life as far as she had. She got exactly what she thinks she's told herself she's wanted all these years and that she spent all these past few months pushing for. And suddenly it just collapsed in seconds. And it just sent her to this new low. And watching that whole realization that she's like recognizing how crazy it's been and 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 how she's been left again by another man. It, it was really pretty heartbreaking to watch that. And like you're kind of like I I know we're not really rooting for her because the whole wedding is such a facade and rush and everything, but like you were I was kind of rooting for her. It's it's weird how I get mad at her in the show, and then I'm also rooting for her. And it's at some points it's it bounces from episode. This episode I'm like, no, I'm not rooting for you. This episode I'm like, you've got it under control and I'm rooting for you. And then it's back to not rooting for the next episode. Cause like But she gets this and you're kind of rooting for her because you're like, okay, you finally got what you think you wanted. I want you to be happy. Um the like you you realize and she's kind of the villain. And I know that there's that song in the first season, like, I'm the villain on my own story. But, like, she kind of is. Great song. Yes. And you see it. This And what's interesting is that this season, like, she's not so much as a cartoony villain as she was in the first season. This season, she, she still has that. But then, like, she cheats on Josh and doesn't tell him. Wait. In the elevator, do they have sex or do they just kiss? I think they make out. 
They just kiss, yeah? That's still kind of cheating. Like, Yeah, well, because the, they got stuck in the elevator, and then all of a sudden it turned into, like, her having thoughts about it. Stupid Santa Ana wins. Oh, God, the devil wins. The devil wins. Oh, God, I love Karen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I <laughs> love Karen so much. Angelique. Oh, we get... So, Stephanie Weir plays Karen, and she, at one point, shows up to... At a, at a like, the girl gang night, and she's... <laughs> selling sex toys as angelique and that oh my god yes that's always funny that's the night that paula gets stuck in the bathroom too Uh uh-huh and then they sing the trapped in the closet style song yes and uh they ask karen and she's like oh i can't do it i have a i don't remember her reasoning but she sang it oh god yeah no heather sings that song and heather is uh, saying the dialogue in her voice. That's what it is! <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. We just oh, watched this. Not... <laughs> yeah, it's. I just watched it last month and I'm already like, what is this show? How did, how did, what happened? <laughs> well, we've, we've also take, taken in a lot of other things too in our lives. So. Ooh. And Patty Lapone makes an appearance in this season. Oh my god. As a rabbi, good for her. Remember that we suffered. I hmm. As fun as that song is, I kind of wish Patty had her own song. Agreed. I was actually in the same boat with that. I do like that song, but I really wish Patty Lapone would have got kind of her own solo. Because it's Patty fucking Lapone. Yeah. Who yeah. Whose name is still up for equity, everyone. <laughs> Actors' equity. She gave it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What else happened in this episode or in this season that I forgot about? <laughs> oh, I did. Um, it's after Paula had to go to that weekend conference. And Rebecca and Paula had worked together and they bonded again. And then Paula's like, oh, I can't leave. Rebecca's like, I'll watch your kids. And then, of course, Rebecca goes into a craze and she's like taking this young son to a bar, loses up. (laughs) And (laughs) I love that scene because he like shows up at home and she's like trying to explain to Paula what happened. Then all of a sudden he pops around the corner (laughs) and she's like, you lost him? That's all? I've done so much worse. (laughs) Which... It that's interesting because that turns the trope of like losing the kid on its head, where like I I feel like in, in any other show the parent would be like losing their mind and yelling at their friend, being like, "You lost my child! What's wrong with you? I trusted you." But this one, there, Paula's like, "Oh no, I'm literally the cool mom. I'm not, I'm not playing like." what's her name in Mean Girls, uh, Amy Poehler. Like, I'm really the cool mom because I've lost my kid so many times that we... Hey, kids, what's the 411? What <laughs> is everyone talking about? Yeah, yes. that's pretty much it. Uh, and I, I did love that, mainly because it has one of my other favorite songs that Rebecca sings in this season. But again, next episode. Next episode. Um. Okay, so... 
We talked about the friend group. We talked about the love triangle of it all. We talked about the uh, obviously. Gre- well, okay. Let's go back to Greg leaving because Greg is actually leaving for what I think is a good reason. Like he's also working on himself. And so he gets into like his college of his dreams. Yeah. And I think it's a good reason. He's doing what's necessary for him. And sometimes you do need distance. Hello, Rebecca, this is what you did to find your happiness. You left New York to go to across the country. So let fucking He's Greg pulling do his that. own Rebecca. Yes. Yes. As heartbreaking and... of a scene as it is, you have to like step back and be like, this is good for him. Oh yeah, it. I did the. I definitely a hundred percent did that. I, I teared up because I was like, "This is like she's sad that he's leaving, and he's just kind of abruptly doing it." And uh, but it genuinely is a good step for him, and I think it was all in all a great option for the show. Yeah. Uh, well, Greg, we'll miss you. Maybe we'll see you yeah, again. We, Who knows? We will in your sweet smoky smooky sweet smooth silky voice smooky yes smooky i'm not gonna start using that from now on please please bring that on to beards and sundries next episode and don't say anything don't don't i will oh guys i went and listened to a smooky voice the other day and don't explain it and don't let your fans understand it until they listen to this episode (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh, you'll have to listen to the definition on a different podcast. In a few weeks. Ha ha ha. Because <laughs> of the timing. Um, I think we're a little loopy, and I believe that this is probably a good point to stop this episode. Because What? Because, I mean, I feel like we, cro- we covered every, uh, everything. There's oh, not... we did pretty well on that. Yeah, there's not that big plot points that happened that needed like a lot of discussion not that i recall at least no but uh jay what do you have to plug or promote Ooh, well like last time i will promote the same thing i am a co-host with two other of my friends on the beards and sundries podcast which you can find anywhere that you listen to podcasts or you can watch us on youtube check out our tiktok our instagram our twitter our yeah who does the who does the socials for your podcast i do the socials for the podcast (laughs) And some days I'm good at it, and some days I'm terrible at it. Because uh, I'm an adult with a busy life. But uh, it's just a podcast of three gay guys that we just babble about whatever the hell we want each week. And it's a lot of fun. I've been on twice. John has joined us multiple times now. Yeah. Yeah, I chose chaos all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, I don't know, if we missed... If we missed uh, an important storyline this season, let me know. Email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Uh, why do you love Heather? <laughs> and if and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, well, we're going to continue and talk more about the songs. Maybe if we remembered another storyline, we'll bring it up. But Jay's coming and back we'll- for season two of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes, Jay. 
We'll go listen to Greg's smooky voice. We'll go listen to Greg's smooky voice, yes. Uh, And bye for now, everyone. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. Please, ex-girlfriend.